0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. I hope you're doing well. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425 if you want to be a part of the program. Well, we got a CNBC poll out for Joe Biden. I, you know, I, I, I have said this, and it needs to be said again uh, today. I said it yesterday that uh, we are living in a, in a news loop. Donald Trump until COVID could change the news cycle every couple of days in large part because he had Twitter, but Joe Biden seems not to be able to do it. And we've now got polling from CNBC. Now, keep in mind, this is polling. It came over the holiday season. But polling on holidays and on the weekends tends to actually be beneficial to the Democrats because Republicans are less likely to answer the phone. They're spending time with family. 60%, 60% disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the economy. 55% disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the pandemic. 56% disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the presidency itself. I mean, this is the this is the CNBC write-up. President Joe Biden's disapproval rating hit a new high in December as more voters signaled their unhappiness with his administration's supervision of the economy and the COVID-19 pandemic. 56% of voters say they disapprove of the job Biden is doing. The worst such reading of his presidency as he approaches the end of his first year in office. According to a CNBC change research poll, prior polls showed Biden's disapproval at 54% in September, 49% back in April. Biden's approval rating is 44%, down from 46% in September, down from 51% in April. The latest sign of trouble for Biden comes as his administration looks to tackle a wide range of economic and political problems ahead of the 2022 midterm elections, which will decide the balance of power in Congress. There's a problem here, and I can diagnose it very easily. I want to go back to a sentence. One sentence, a key sentence. Biden's approval rating is now at 44%, down from 46% in September and 51% in April. In other words, Joe Biden was at 51% approval rating in April, 46% approval rating in September, 44% approval rating in December. This doesn't get talked about anymore. It is ignored. No one pays attention to it. Nobody thinks about it. But it's there. It's in the back of people's minds. And Joe Biden can't shake it because people can't shake it. Do you know what a presupposition is? A presupposition is, is the the things that people presume before even beginning to think about stuff. The dictionary says a thing tacitly assumed beforehand at the beginning of a line of argument or course of action. A presupposition in normal speak is You've got a worldview. You see the world in a certain way, and you start out when you look at any particular issue, including your view of the president, from the presuppositional view. In January, February, March, April, May, June, July, the presupposition of the average American was, well, at least he's not Donald Trump. We finally got somebody who's competent, compassionate, empathetic in office. Someone who doesn't mean tweet. And then August hit. Now, what happened in August? Afghanistan. Joe Biden Dogmatically insistently, incompetently decided he wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan. And not only did he want to withdraw from Afghanistan, hubristically, arrogantly wanted to have the withdrawal done by September 11th, by the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attack on New York and Washington and Pennsylvania. And we withdrew. And more soldiers died in a single day in Afghanistan than have died in the last number of years. We left Americans behind, and they first refused to admit it. And then they incompetently and ineptly and to this day have still been unable to get Americans out. They hindered third-party efforts to get people out. I know one Christian organization that was specifically told by the Biden administration that if they wanted to get more than just Christians out, they might actually be able to get a leg up in the approval process. But since they weren't getting any gay and transgender Afghans out, just the Christians, back of the line for you, this really happened. The American public changed. It takes a lot to change someone's presuppositions. It takes a a whole lot of inertia. Things in motion tend to stay in motion until a force is acted upon them. Things at rest tend to stay at rest until a force is acted upon them. With someone's presupposition, it takes an enormous amount of force to move the presupposition. A Christian becoming an atheist tends to happen because they get pissed off at God. An atheist becoming a Christian tends to happen because they have a remarkable turn of events in their life and a switch flips. I have a friend of mine. He was a seminary professor, complete atheist, grew up without a Bible in his house. I've never even heard of that did not even know that existed. Someone who grew up and did not even have a Bible in his house. And he went to college, was working on in his graduate degree. Someone gave him a copy of John Stott's Basic Christianity, urged him to read it, that, that if nothing else, he'd get a kick out of it, that these are what these goofy Christians believe. He said he went down on his knee after reading that book, convinced this was all a bunch of hokum-smokum, woke up, stood up, as if he had never not been a believer. It's a profound change. It's a complete worldview shift. You go from believing there is no God to there is a God. It's a complete worldview shift. It takes an enormous amount of energy to get you to flip your presuppositions, your worldviews. And Americans went into the Biden administration with the presupposition that, well, thank God he's not Donald Trump. We can return to normalcy. He's a nice guy. cares at least he's competent he's been in washington for 50 years by god he'll be competent unlike the last guy holy cow afghanistan was an enormous amount of psychological energy on the american public and their presupposition has flipped and now everything joe biden does is viewed not from he's competent and he cares but he's incompetent and he doesn't care It's a complete reversal, and so it's hard for Joe Biden to get out of these poll numbers. Think about it. We've gone through December. When everyone is home with their family, I told you all, by the way, back in September, this would be the problem. I said this back then. Why? Because I used to run political campaigns. You get into the holiday season. You go from Thanksgiving to December. You're with your family. You're not really talking politics. It's kind of a subsurface conversation, and your views kind of lock into place. And people got together with their family over Thanksgiving and Christmas and they had to have the conversations. Can we go? Are we safe? Can we meet? Can we discuss? What do we think? And it turned out very bad, very, very bad for Joe Biden because people's presuppositions flipped because of Afghanistan. All of this comes back to Afghanistan because Afghanistan was the first moment of the Biden presidency where you got to truly see Joe Biden as president. Only Joe Biden. Not Dr. Fauci, not the CDC, not the National Institutes of Health, not Lloyd Austin in the Department of Defense, not not what's his name in, in the State Department, not, not none of them, none of them could make this decision. Not the CIA, not the military, not Congress. This is Joe Biden his decision and his alone no one else can make it in fact they all urged him not to do it and he did it anyway by god we're coming home and so for the first time americans got to see joe biden as joe biden the president Not Joe Biden, the senator, not Joe Biden, the vice president, not Joe Biden, the candidate, but Joe Biden as president in his own element, making his own decisions, his way or the highway. No one else, everyone else told him not to do it. He did it anyway. He was insistent it was the right thing to do. It was the right call. It was time to go. And everybody wanted us to do it anyway. The polls showed most Americans were ready to get out. So he did it. He did it. And we got to see the president of the United States in his element enrobed in all of the powers of the presidency for the very first time. And people didn't like it. They didn't like the withdrawal. They didn't like the walkbacks. They didn't like Jake Sullivan walking it back. They didn't like the Taliban rushing in. They didn't like it when it turns out we told them, hey, y'all come on into Kabul. Kabul. They were willing to wait. We said, no, no, come on in. They didn't like it when the Americans left behind. They didn't like it when the Biden administration denied it. They didn't like it when the Biden administration refused to help third parties get them out. They didn't like it when the Biden administration was obstructive. They didn't like it when third party, nonprofit, independent, nonpartisan groups came out and said, well, you know, the French and the British are actually helping us get Americans out better than the Americans are helping us. They didn't like it and it has locked in people's presupposition now from Biden is caring, compassionate, and incompetent to uncaring, non-empathetic, and incompetent. The CNBC poll is Biden's approval in the gutter by 12 points. Politico has him in the gutter by 10 points. Economist has him in the gutter by 8 points. USA Today, Suffolk has him in the gutter by 14 points. That's the most recent poll. Now, Rasmussen and Trafalgar, have left them out because they are Republican-leaning polls. But Trafalgar has him down 16. Rasmussen has him down 18. He actually, for a time, for a time, seemed like he was rebounding a little bit. You get to the middle of December, it's suddenly 50.2% disapproval. And then you get to where we are now. It's back to in the polling averages, 53.9% disapproval. How do you rebound from this? Well, it's hard now because this is officially election season. I've gotten hate mail over the last year from people saying, why are you talking about the election? The elections, it's two years away. Stop talking about the election. Because it's always been relevant and now it's here. Joe Biden had time to turn things around. And Joe Biden could have reversed. But he's been so taken over by the left. And he spent enormous energy trying to push the Build Back Better plan as big as he could get it. I don't understand how they got so bad at this. Take small wins and build them. And suddenly the public thinks you're a winner. Right now. The public looks at Joe Biden. Not only do they see someone not competent and not caring, they see a loser. Hasn't gotten any of his big stuff done. He lost Afghanistan. He's lost Build Back Better. He's lost it all. Doesn't even get credit for his infrastructure plan because, you know, the infrastructure plan was the small ball. Build Back Better was the big ball. He could have taken the infrastructure plan, done a series of small proposals, picked off some Republicans in the Senate to get something done, and he chose not to do it. He chose to go for broke, and now he's broke. You don't recover from that, at least not until after the midterms. For several years when I practiced law, I volunteered for the Alliance Defending Freedom to be an on-call lawyer for him. It's one of the few legal nonprofits in the country that really racks up wins, both state courts and federal courts, for conservatives and Christians. People who have a Christian conservative worldview. Since leaving my law practice, I volunteered in the past to speak at ADF events, I've been to their training sessions where they teach lawyers and pundits how to talk plainly about complex legal issues and understand the state of play on cases around the country from local city councils all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now I'm glad to have ADF as an advertiser, but honestly, I'd be encouraging you to support them this time of year anyway. The Alliance Defending Freedom takes donations from you and uses them to help those who can't afford lawyers hire the very best lawyers to fight for freedom from the Supreme Court of the land all the way down to the local level. Right now, ADF has received a matching grant, so all new donors will have their gifts matched. All you have to do is go to adflegal.org slash Erickson today and donate. adflegal.org slash Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are in the nation. If you're in charge of a business and you want that business to grow, Go to FirstLibertyGA.com. See if they can help you spend 10 minutes with them. We're talking big deals, though. Like, you need a six-figure loan, a 500000 and up. First Liberty can help you. They've been doing this since the 90s. FirstLibertyGA.com. Y'all, I, I, I realize I may be the only person in America who cares about this particular story, but I am fascinated by this story. Verizon and AT&T have agreed to delay an expansion of 5G. Now, there are all sorts of conspiracy theorists out there about 5G. You know, there always have been. I mean, I, I know someone who does not have a microwave in their house, not because they object to the quality of, of the product that is produced in a microwave, but they are convinced the microwaves will kill them. I, I know this person. And I know people who are convinced 5G is bad. I have a, a couple of dear friends who, who are convinced 5G is going to eradicate us all, sterilize us all, do something. The data does not support that, uh, but then they don't trust the data. They, They trust themselves and their presuppositions. The companies were going to roll out expansive 5G networks, but the FAA and airlines are concerned that it will mess up navigation equipment. So airplanes, by and large, to make them safe over time, They are really the first autonomous uh, driving vehicles. Airplanes largely fly themselves, land themselves. About the only thing the pilot does is get it to the gate and and back out to the runway. And then uh, airplanes are so advanced by and large now they can pretty much do everything else. Get them off the ground. Uh, Your airline pilot, no offense to all the pilots listening. I love you all, uh, interact with you so much. But y'all know they want you just to be a glorified attendant to a computer. A, a bus driver, if you will, who doesn't even have to put their foot on the gas for the most part. Essentially, over time, and it has worked to their credit, they have made airplanes as safe as possible, largely by eliminating the human element as much as they possibly can. And the results speak for themselves. We can go a whole year without a commercial aviation crash, as we've done. But a lot of the, the controls to do this depend on satellites and radio waves. And as you're landing, planes more and more now have devices that uh, through geolocation and uh, radio waves can tell a plane how close to the ground it is. And there is deep concern in the aviation community that uh, the so-called C-band spectrum that these new 5G upgrades would use could interfere With navigation equipment on planes. Now, keep in mind that uh, the FAA and a lot of pilots for the longest time were also convinced that if we left our cell phone on on flights that we would all die. So I got to tell you, I I appreciate the FAA and the pilots associations and all really want to keep us safe in the air. I fly a lot. I appreciate them wanting to keep me safe. But I also can't help but recall all of the hysteria all of the time about cell phones on planes. And I don't know that I know a pilot who believes that cell phones will interfere on in a plane. I got to tell you, I, I took a flight a while back uh, and it was helicopter flight. And the pilot of the helicopter, there were big signs when you went out to the helicopter saying make sure you turn your phones off, could interfere with equipment. Got out there he said, you can ignore it took another flight with a pilot recently on a plane did the exact same thing said forget about it you leave your phone on doesn't matter urban legend he called it and so i i'm are we because of fear and paranoia yet again delaying technological upgrades in the country kind of makes you wonder i want to be safe on a plane but not over paranoia that not backed up by science Hello there. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, I'm very glad to have you. Uh, I want to get to your phone calls here in just one moment. You have to bear with me though. I have this enormous amount of data that is, so I got a, I got a, got a new laptop finally. And for the last couple of weeks, it has been syncing data back and forth. And it is an enormous amount of data. I've blown through every data cap that I possibly had, uh, and it has slowed down uh, my ability to do stuff, including getting into the call screening program. Uh, but I just turned everything off so I could do that, which allows me to go talk uh, to first caller of the day, Keisha. You're going to be up. Welcome. I want to find out why is the Republican Party not being preemptive, like how the Democratic Party is being with Ron DeSantis. Yesterday, you said that they are already putting out negative stories. Why are they are Why are they allowing Stacy Abrams hey, to sit on the sideline and pop popcorn, you know, while they duke it out? Why aren't Such they going ahead and putting out negative ads and things like that? I uh, do. You want the, the, the real answer? Is they're stupid. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. um Look, uh, they are they are distracted among themselves. The Republican Party consultant class uh, has a lot of grifters involved these days as well. And if they can't make a they can't make a killing uh, in their super PAC, they're not going to do it. I do think they're coming though. From what I'm told, uh, the attacks are coming. Uh, the problem in Georgia is that uh, you got a situation where the, the Republicans are divided amongst themselves right now. So you've got a, a a needlessly reckless primary campaign between Brian Kemp and David Perdue in Georgia that we shouldn't have to have. The the number of of legislators in Georgia uh, who I know who are just furious over the situation uh, is is something uh, that, that it, essentially they all say David Perdue had no business. Jumping into this, and the only reason he's doing it is to placate Donald Trump, uh, that Brian Kemp has been a perfectly fine governor, uh, and I do think they're right on that. On the merits, I think that there's no reason that we need David Perdue uh, to jump into this race as he has. Um, I, I really do think that uh, Biden getting or uh, Perdue getting into the race just complicates things. Now, the 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 reality here is that Brian Kemp is going to have to raise money to combat David Perdue. David Perdue is gonna have to raise money to combat Brian Kemp. And so Stacey really does, by and large, get a pass right now, which is the most unfortunate thing. Um, She doesn't have to be combated. And the Republican Party as a whole is so distracted right now by other races. And they also particularly don't care for Brian Kemp institutionally because of Trump. Remember, uh, Donald Trump said he would prefer Stacey Abrams as governor of Georgia to Brian Kemp, uh, which struck a lot of us as kind of crazy talk, but he said it. And so at the national level, you've got a lot of Republicans in positions of power who don't want to uh, help Brian Kemp right now. They want to see if he can beat off David Perdue. And if he can, they'll rush to his rescue. But if they were to set up a super PAC right now, to go after Stacey Abrams, they kind of are interpreting it as they might be perceived as being disloyal to Donald Trump by taking on Stacey Abrams at a time they need to be taking out Brian Kemp. Uh, that's that's kind of where we are, unfortunately. Uh, Keisha, thanks for the phone call there. It really is an unfortunate situation that Republicans nationwide are having to deal with. Y'all need to... Let me just put this one in perspective, not to rehash yesterday, but... You put Stacey Abrams in the governor's mansion in Georgia, she probably becomes the 2024 Democratic frontrunner. And you can say, well, we could take her out. But can you be so sure? Can you be so sure? Particularly when, let's say, Trump is the nominee and all they do for their ad campaign is rerun the clip over and over and over again from Trump saying he, he would prefer her to Brian Kemp. It, it wasn't a good play by him and his team, but again, this is you can under you can't appreciate the number of people who say they don't want to go on the offense against Stacey Abrams right now because it would be perceived as disloyal to Donald Trump, which strikes me as utterly insane. But this is where we are uh, the goal is to get rid of Kemp and I, you can't get rid of Kemp. Kemp's the only one who's ever beaten Stacey Abrams. You, you don't want to replace a sure bet. I mean, if if the past is the best indicator of the future, and it is, you want to go with the guy who's already beaten her as opposed to the guy who couldn't beat Raphael Warnock. That's just the reality of it. So there there you have it. Longer answer probably than you expected, but it, it, it just so deeply frustrates me. Republicans always have the habit of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. And they may do it again on a different issue. Schools. David Leonhardt is a writer at the New York Times, and he's got a piece up this morning that is generating all sorts of buzz. It's a morning email he's writing. No way to grow up, he titles it. For the past two years, Americans have accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. Duh. American children are starting 2022 in crisis. I have long been aware that the pandemic was upending children's lives, but until I spent time pulling together data and reading reports, I did not understand just how alarming the situation has become. Children fell far behind in school during the first year of the pandemic and have not caught up. Many children and teenagers are experiencing mental health problems aggravated by the isolation and disruption of the pandemic suicide attempts have risen slightly among adolescent boys and sharply among adolescent girls. Gun violence against children has increased as part of a broader nationwide rise in crime. Many schools have still not returned to normal, worsening learning loss and social isolation. Behavior problems have increased. The Omicron variant is now scrambling children's lives again. those are the bullet points now he writes in depth about each of those but those are the bullet points here's part of the weird conundrum here is that actually in a lot of republican run states these aren't issues anymore it's democrat run states where they are issues it's democrat run states why Well, uh, go to Florida. In Florida, masking is optional in schools. Uh, In Georgia, where I am, a lot of schools don't have a mask mandate. Some do. Most don't. But the schools are open. In-school learning is open. Now, there's a situation in the metro Atlanta area that's made national news. Uh, It's actually a situation now. uh, Miami, Florida has the same situation. Miami, Florida has decided they've got to suspend the reopening of school for a week. They're going to do virtual learning. Same reason. Uh, they don't have enough teachers. The teachers got COVID and they need this week to recover. So they'll be open next week. They'll do virtual learning this week. It's not a substitute, but there are some states and some schools in the North that are just indefinite virtual learning. There are fears among parents in Maryland that they're about to do this. The governor of the state is fighting it, fighting the teachers, fighting the teachers unions. But y'all know where this leads, Y'all know where this leads. Future bailouts. You know, by the way, the New York Times has been one of the chief perpetrators of all of this, demanding that kids stay home. Now, Now you got the federal government, the Surgeon General out there demanding kids get vaccinated. I mean, th- this is this is the Surgeon General. Listen to this. You know, I would say at this point, it is still not uh, you know, clear that kids are more susceptible uh, to Omicron compared to adults. But we do know uh, that in many parts of the world, uh, that kids uh, have had a lower vaccination rate, uh, which may be one of the operative uh, elements here that's driving uh, you know kids to not only get sick, but to have some kids end up in the hospital. It's why you know I think we have even more work to do here uh, to get more children vaccinated. We've we've got more than two hundred million people vaccinated, fully vaccinated in our country, millions who are boosted. Uh, but kids you know had vaccines authorized later for them, uh, you know because the studies took longer to do, and that was important to do thoroughly. But now we've got to really push, put our foot on the accelerator. get our kids who are five and above vaccinated. Uh, it's more critical than ever. Get our kids five and above vaccinated. I, I, I gotta I'm I find this particular one distasteful. And if you've listened to the program, you know, I'm actually a fan of doing um, actual like real data on vaccines. And I support the vaccines. I think the vaccines are good. Uh, but I got a real problem with this one. I've got a, a real philosophical problem With the idea that we need in in some way to force all of our children to get a vaccine when the virus itself doesn't really apply to them. The virus itself doesn't tend to make them sick. And the virus itself, if they do get sick, builds them immunity. I I just I'm I'm kind of I'm not in, in the I'm not in the camp that supports this idea of forcing kids to get vaccinated by vaccination mandates. You know who else is? Scott Gottlieb used to be the FDA. Uh, He is on the board of Pfizer. Some people are are, uh, skeptical of him because of that. But the fact of the matter is Scott Gottlieb is out there saying we, we shouldn't mask or we shouldn't force our kids to wear masks in schools and we shouldn't force our kids to get vaccines. This is Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, who essentially her entire show has become fear porn now about conservatives, about Republicans, about Trump voters, and about the virus. And is it too early to call it a failure at this point that this country hasn't... I mean, kids, if you have a young child, you have had so many vaccinations by the time they go to kindergarten. It just... I'm, I'm gobsmacked. By the fact that the number is, I think it was 14% last week. Again, I'm not sure if it ticked up at all over the weekend with news of pediatric hospitalizations. But how is it described as anything other than a failure that we're only at 14% now that we have a new wave and and schools seem to be willing to go for it and stay in person? I just, I don't understand the rationale here of that. We know from the data, overwhelmingly know from the data. Kids are not really impacted by COVID. We've known this all along. And by the way, despite some of the early scenarios out there, the, the Omicron variant data doesn't change this. You know, we're going to f- force parents to give our kids the the, the vaccine. Uh, the, the teachers' union's president now, what, what, Randy Weingarten or whatever, wants to do vaccine mandates for kids. Why? None of this makes sense. What happened to following the science? We have become a nation of elites in this country who are scared of their own shadow. They're scared of everyone not like themselves. They live in their in their in, in their ivory towers, I guess, and in, in their skyscrapers, in their Manhattan comfy pads. They don't understand, appreciate, like the rest of us. And it makes them do weird things. It has become religious. It has become religious. And they have ruined our children's childhoods. And you know, in one decade, in one decade at most, when kids in public schools in blue states have so failed, fallen behind, and become despondent, and kids who went to private schools and kids in southern states and homeschool kids are well ahead, they're gonna start calling for new affirmative action. We we gotta we gotta give bonuses and give these kids, we screwed, we got to get them all ahead. And it's going to be like white liberal guilt trying to push this nonsense. We know it's going to happen. They will want to find some way to make right with the kids they themselves damaged without ever having to acknowledge they're the ones who caused the problem. The kids in Florida and public schools aren't having this problem. Kids in Georgia and Texas, they're not having this problem. Kids in private school in New York City, They're not having this problem. It's because a group of white progressive secular elites have forced poor black and Hispanic kids into failing public schools in urban areas around this country and then decided to shut them all down. That's on them. It's not on you and it's not on me. It's not on anyone else. And yet they're going to demand that we bail them out from their mistake and we should not. You know, one of the companies out there that's actually helping us fight this fight is Patriot Mobile. Uh, And I really do mean it. They contribute a portion of their profits to the conservative movement, to the good groups, to the pro-lifers, to the Second Amendment causes, to the veterans and first responders. And they don't charge you an exorbitant fee. It's just, it's a cell phone company. In fact, you can save money with them. They give great discounts. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, gun owner, Go to Patriot Mobile. Just check them out. Trust me on this. Tell them I sent you. you get free activation. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Now, if you're averse to using the internet for stuff like this, you can call them. 972-PATRIOT. They're 100% U.S.-based customer service. They're headquartered in Texas. God bless Texas. And they're a great company. You should use them. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 973 7425. If you'd like to be a part of this here program, glad to have you with me, by the way. Um, real quick, I just, this is I, I one of those subjects that we have talked about a number of times, and there's more data on it, and it's starting to drive people crazy. A Latino group has come out. A Democratic Latino group has come out and said, stop using the word Latinx. And the Latino group is being accused of racism. That's right. Axios has this data. uh, The story elected officials, a major newspaper, and the oldest Latino civil rights organization in the U.S. have all spoken out strongly in recent weeks against the continued use of Latinx. The general neutral gender neutral term promoted by progressives to describe people of Spanish speaking origin. The pushback highlights generational class and regional divisions among Latinos as their numbers and influence grow in the United States. It also reflects a movement by some Latinos to define themselves rather than be labeled by predominantly white progressives and Latino academics who advocate for using the term. Academic and social media circles began using Latinx over the past decade to be gender neutral. Alex Diaz, a political consultant in Nevada, says the term hasn't caught on with working-class Mexican-American communities. Ruben uh, Gallego of Arizona, a member of the, the chairman of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, said his congressional staff is not allowed to use the term. The Miami Herald has denounced it. But a group of uh, white academic elite say that it is bigoted to not use Latinx because you're excluding people. Holy moly. Uh, after Donald Trump did better than expected among Latinos in the 2020 election, some Latino consultants blamed the Democrats' lack of engagement with Latino voters and the use of Latinx by white liberals. The term Latinx may be popular among highly educated Latinos in urban areas. It's not according to the data. But Hispanics, notice the, the shift as well, Hispanic Latinos in urban areas, Hispanics in rural areas don't understand its purpose and are puzzled by it. Mexican American and Puerto Ricans are not fans uh wow uh, you, you know I can tell you this is coming there's a there is a failure of the political elite in this country to be able to relate to anyone who's not part of the political elite. It just is and you know the where are the political elite in largely uh, they are ensconced on Thrones. Within 25 miles of the coast, New York, Boston, Washington, Miami, Chicago, the Great Lakes, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. And they live in a world that you and I do not live in. They do not relate to each other, to, to us. They f- literally fly over the country. They call it flyover country. When they go between their urban areas, they would not be able to live in a rural part of the country. It is absurd that we should let these people so alienated from the rest of us drive the culture and conversation of this country. But because the news programming and where it's all located, that's the deal. It's unfortunate. But there we are. All right. When we come back, we got to move on to other stuff. We'll be back. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no, it's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say, Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. firstlibertyga.com.